My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. Super exciting uh, interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, J.S. Simmons. She is the founder of SaaS Rightly. You know, she has with over eight years of experience in the SaaS industry. Uh, JS experience dominates in the in building revenue strategies via sustainable revenue fixes for present and future. She's also the host of SaaS with JS Sivens. Jaya, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on my show. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Amazing. So, you know, before we really dive into any of our topics, let's go ahead and, you know, um, if you don't mind walking us through a bit of your journey and how you got to where you are today, because I think your story is powerful. And I just want to get, uh, allow our listeners to kind of understand a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, so I kind of started my um, SaaS journey working for Financial Times. Um, that's when um, my actual SaaS journey started. So this was back uh, 2013, 2014. So I've been in SaaS at that time. I was looking after Europe and Africa as a territory. Um, and then I got um, headhunted by a dead hand that his company was later acquired. Then, then my consultant journey started with um, the first um, incubator that was sponsored by HSBC and Barclays for FinTech in England. Uh, so that was a time when um, London was becoming the um, tech capital for Europe. Um, so, you know, we started calling Wall Street Roundabout as the Silicon Valley Roundabout. Uh, it was a very interesting times to be in. I, I was I was carrying on with my consultancy, then I took a gap because um, I went and started a food business. Um, and then I, then I had, I had a baby, COVID hit, and then I'm back to my consultancy now. Wow. Well, what a journey. It's incredible where you're at today and everything that you've, you've done. It's, it's, um, it's amazing. So thanks for sharing that with us. Now, did you mind jumping into, because I think you have a lot of value to add to a couple of these subjects, um, you know, the topic digital revenue. Do you want to dive into there and um, uh, talk about that a bit with my listeners and myself? Sure. Um, so this whole digital revenue in regards to especially um, small businesses um, have to start focusing into building digital revenue um, models for whatever business they might be. I, I think COVID was a big wake-up call in people, you know, for people to understand, okay, what do I do now because I can't make money the normal way that I could. Right, I think loads of people had like an epiphany moment. So um, I um, I work I I work uh, I contribute voluntarily um, um, to an organization called Enterprise Nation uh, that's based in England. Uh, they run a lot of programs for small businesses. So one of the things that I keep t- 
talking about is finding a digital revenue for your business. Um, you know, it 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 could be anything, but making sure you you're diversifying your revenue stream is very very important. Um, so if you want me to get deeper into it, you know, look into your business, look into your sales report, analyze it. Maybe your lease selling product or your lease selling service might might be a good digital product. Uh, maybe you could start um, selling that as a small workshop or a, or a mini course or, or put, if it's a product-based item, try it in um, marketplaces, like online marketplaces to see how it goes. Um, so you have to keep understanding like how do I keep diversifying my revenue and to have the and to pick the right kind of digital revenue models is really important. Absolutely. And kind of getting clear on the correct fit, I would say, mm. um, if that's what you're meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So now let's jump into, you know, SaaS founders and founders from unrepresented backgrounds. Do you mind touching on, on that? Oh, I'm just passionate. Uh, not just passionate, I also think that um, we need to get more dashes about uplifting founders from underrepresented backgrounds, whether they're people of color, females, uh, people with disability, um, because in the tech industry, uh, people from founders from underrepresented backgrounds, they don't really get the funding um, as their counterparts get, uh, you know. Um, this year, only 2% of females got um, funding out of $100 billion that's been invested in tech. So, like, you know, we're, we're, there is a massive um, disparity here. Um, so, yes. you know, I, I think it's very important to talk about things like that. So I'm passionate about talking about it. And, and you know, I am a person of color. I'm a female. Um, I'm, you know, I'm also a single mother. There's a lot of things that's that's attached to it, and it doesn't make um, our game easy. So I think um, everyone should talk about it to kind of um, fill that gap, whether it's um, the the racial wealth gap or whether it's the gender wealth gap, whatever it is. I, I think it's 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 a it should be a unified voice. Um, we'll come back to SaaS founders. So SaaS Rightly, my consultancy, we, we are a, a RevOps consultancy. So anything to do with revenue operations. So we, we strategically integrate um, sales, marketing and product together for, for founders to deal with their challenges more effectively and overcome hindrances. So we focus mainly uh, on founder-led SaaS companies. Okay, interesting. And yeah, do you want to talk a little bit more about where you're at in the business today and like how you deliver your services? Sure. So um, we have, um, so our clients, our ideal clients, it could they could be anywhere from an early stage up to um, series, uh, sorry, pre-series C. Um, so okay. what we do is uh, they might have some sort of a hind uh, revenue growth hindrance problems. Or, or, or a challenge that they're facing, or they could have revenue stagnation. 
um, anything to do with revenue. That's where we specialize in. So okay. we try to under, understand what's going on. And then we we always start working with clients um, on a very low ticket and then moving on. Um, so we do from strategy consultancy to like doing it for them service as well. So we, we also kind of cover the whole execution in regards to this uh, DevOps um, stuff, like whatever it's missing. And on the other hand, um, we also do something called uh, the revenue red flag to understand um, and give them a quick snapshot of what's going on in the sales operations that you know those are like red alerts so that they could understand how could they make it better and from that we also untap new revenue opportunities incredible this is great that we have people out there to do that for um those who are needing it Honestly. So, you know, I know that we were talking a little bit before the interview in regards to your podcast, uh, SAS with Jaya. Um, now, when when did you start? I know it wasn't too long ago. And what were your intentions behind it? Okay, so SAS with Jaya Sivens is, is more to do with, uh, obviously, what I do for a living, plus with my mm -hmm. ICP. So, I see a lot of, um, whether it's YouTube videos or in regards to SEO, um, I always see um, podcasters talking about SaaS funders' journey, how much they're making, how much um, how much churn they're going through. One thing that when I speak to founders uh, that I keep uh, I hearing is there are some key questions that they don't have answers for. And um, I, I was just thinking why in no one's questioning founders on um, key information that other founders might want to learn. Um, you know, it's all about learning from each other. So the, the idea is, is more on a novel level where I want to um, ask founders key questions that matters to other founders, but they don't know the answer for. So it's almost like building a community of, of founders um, in regards to the daily operational problems. So we don't talk about their journey. Yeah, we don't talk about the journey. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about how much money are you making? What's going on? No, we, we really focus on very subjective topics. So it's only 20 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so how does it tie into your business? I think we are in a point where we are in a very crea creative space right now. And I think it's very important to, to give value-based knowledge. So I, I was someone who was procrastinating on starting a podcast for a very long time. Um, but then the more and more and more I'm talking to founders, I saw a need on covering subjective topics. Um, and that's that's what, you know, what's, I think that's a solution or that, that maybe it could be a remedy for someone listening to it. So that's the gap that I want to fill. And I wanted to, I wanted only to focus on founders or, or, or on investors who has a SaaS portfolio companies. Um, so my, my whole point is to deliver value 
um, that that's the core purpose of it. Amazing. And I love that. And you're going to be able to do that for sure, because you're focusing on such um, topics that aren't talked about as much, right? And uh, you're filling in that gap really where, where it's needed. So uh, lots of value for sure will be added. Um, that's really exciting for you as, especially you just started too. Um, and it gives a lot of, uh, you know, a safe space to speak up and talk about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think being, you know, I have over eight years experience, so I have seen the trends changing, um, especially how different SaaS businesses are in comparison to US, to UK, to Europe, or okay. to, um, yeah, like, you know, the um, uh, African tech space is booming, India SaaS space is booming. So my goal is to bring founders from different countries and not just focusing on the West. Uh, because there's loads of exciting things that's happening around the world. Yeah, and what there's, I honestly don't think there's a better way than by having a podcast to really get in touch with all these people. And, you know, the connections you can make with a podcast are just endless from all over the world. So true that, and you mentioned earlier that earlier that you were procrastinating starting the podcast well you're definitely not alone on that I think a lot of our listeners and like <laughs> myself the same thing so not alone on that at all it's really relatable um what what are some reasons you were um procrastinating on it though I think for me it was like if I'm going to do a podcast it needs to have a value to it it needs to give my listeners something to think about you know, I just didn't want to do a podcast for the sake of it because I know there's loads of businesses out there. They keep podcasts as part of their social media strategy, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I was like, great, but I don't want to sound like a numpty talking about things that don't really matter. Um, so like in the SaaS space, there are lots of podcasts um, and they all talk about growth and they all talk about founders journey and et cetera. So, you know, there's so many people doing it. Why I didn't want to be in the herd. Yeah, you want to stand out and stuff like that. Uh, and this is a great way to do it. Absolutely. And you want it to be. Yeah, you don't want it to to be like everything else to be very unique, right? Um, right. You, you mentioned, you know, just because you're working in a space where or an industry where women are really uh, their represent, uh, represent, uh, why am I tongue tied today, you guys, it's been a really long week, uh, but you're working in an industry where women, um, don't really get like the representation is low. Representation why is low. am I? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very yeah, tongue tied yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe you just, you just need coffee. You'll be fine. <laughs> I really do uh -oh. you guys. <laughs> But can we dive in a little I, bit deeper about that? Um, there are loads of things that contribute to to that um, underrepresentation. Um, tech, um, not that there aren't women out there. I don't. I don't think. I still think the focus on women is low. Um, like you know, there are some great communities. Uh, like there are some great newsletters called like Color and Tech. Um, you know, um, where it's um, where they're very inclusive um, on 
LGBTQ community, um, females, people of color, um, you know, um, events like SESTA, that's my son, Um, events like... um, Events like SASTA kind of have an inclusion and diversity uh, thing where they really encourage um, underrepresented folks to come to their event for free, um, you know, if they are practicing professionals. I think all these little um, initiatives does make a change. Um, Yeah. But like you said, the representation is still low. The probability is still low. Like if I go into a a meeting... Most of the time, it would. Oops, sorry, most of the time it will just be me as one female, and there might be like eight men in the room. Um, I think, I think, like anything, we gotta. If we don't ask, we don't get, and if we don't stand up for what we want, people are not gonna hear what we want. So I think it. I I think it, it's something that we need to take on our stride and do it. Like for example, I'm not a techie. I I don't know how to code. I don't know how to design a website. Like I'm not a techie. I I I know nothing about. Like if you ask me to do something technologically, I I I can't. But I'm serving a tech I'm not sector. either. Yeah, like, do you, know you have your mean? you have your strengths in in other areas. hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So, but then if I am sitting and talking to a founder, most of the time they come from an engineering background. Um, and if I'm telling them, hey, you know, you got to watch out your sales figures, you know, like we got to work on that. There are so many transferable skills that, you know, females have um, that you don't really need to have to be coming from a tech background. There are loads of things um, that's out there other than doing tech stuff hands on. Uh, that's, I think, and I also think it could also be um, a point where they could feel patronized, intimidated, um, not having a sense of belonging. Um, and, and those are all very um, valuable emotions and feelings. Um, you can't be in a room where you don't feel like you belong here, right? You can't, um, and it's, you know, um, and it's also, I think, even for a normal person, tech could be very intimidating. So if you wanna go and work with them, if you don't kind of speak, the right language or use the right jargon, the right lingo, uh, you're not going to be, you're not, they're not going to treat you very seriously. And I also think being in, in, in tech um, sector in consultancy, what, you know, females who are like me um, uh, from people of color background and from a non-tech background, like if you really want to get into tech and if you really want to serve tech as your ideal client, then make sure you're very thorough on the subject of what you want to deliver to and and add those with industry-focused dragons and understand your lingo. That's very important. And always, like, these are things that I've learned and always be a bit more forthcoming about things. I think this is also, like, female, uh, like, majority of us, we need to change the narrative. Um, I'm saying this with my experience, being uh, with, with a couple of bad clients, you know, where they've shown me gender inequality, where I have to put down and say like, sorry, that 
I don't appreciate that. If we don't do that for ourselves, no one's going to do that. That's one thing. And the other thing is like um, there are there are lots of um, VC firms that's coming up that's focusing on female founders. Um, so like you know, try to find a tribe or a community. Um, and and I also I strongly also feel like. Um, you know, of course, males have to turn into our cheerleaders to, to get this right. Um, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, 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 100%. There's a lot of work to be done. I, I, I remember I went to a private bank event and one of the um, C-suite uh, female person, what she said was, um, you are enough. Like she said, you are enough to to have that male as your counterpart and for you to say what you want to say without you having to think if they can say what they want to say then you you know because you you know like when because we females always get easily labeled right oh she's quite aggressive she's too strong so she was saying come out of the label like it doesn't matter how many labels they're going to put on you it doesn't matter just come out of it and you are enough like that's what you need to believe in and I, and, I, and I really took it away from her. A hundred percent. And I think all of the women struggling in that industry need to, need to do this together for, and for, you know, and really stick to it together and, and get that, be heard and have a voice and, and really um, fight for that. Right. Because you guys deserve that. hundred percent. Like I said, like you got to stand up for yourself. No one's going to do that for you. No, uh, but and the more you know, to, to excel to excel in that, one thing that you need to understand is you got to speak the right language for them to trust you in like versus your male counterpart. I'm not saying your male counterparts are not good enough. The point is they need to start thinking, wow, she's good. She knows what she's talking about. Like they need I to see the value and, and believe in yeah. Yeah. 90% of my clients have, uh, are, are males, you know. Um, I, yeah, I do have some, some like, normal human um, psychology stuff. But men, sometimes they don't want to listen to what you're saying because they don't like that. <laughs> so you have to, you got to, you got to play it in a way where we're achieving results to benefit both parties. 100%. Now, um, what is your client acquisition like? What's the process like for that? Okay, so um, the for my specific lead generation, I do um, a lot of things, but I really focus on my ICP. I do not com you know compromise on that. Uh, being very clear in your ICP really helps. So mine is B two B pre series C founder-led SaaS companies um, that, you know, that's my ICP and, and, you know, they could be, um, they could be in US, UK, Europe, um, you know, wherever it, it could be a global thing, but um, most of my clients are, they come to me through referrals. I have, to be honest with you, I've only started like doing purposeful lead generation, like, very recently um 
So um, one of the things, so the reason like I actually started focusing on lead generation is because I realized there aren't many female revenue strategists around. So that's another yeah. thing. I purposefully started looking into it. So when I, when I so as a RevOps consultancy, what, what we do, like what I personally do is I am part of certain forums, certain groups where I am not charging. I add value to to people, um, you know, if they're inquiring about something um, through my website, I get leads. I'm not doing any SEO at the moment. I'm, I'm, I haven't invested into that. Um, like my LinkedIn post um, cadence, like being cad- um, posting cadence in LinkedIn really helps. Um, because people read what you're writing, not necessarily they like, but they see, and then they, they contact mm-hmm. you. Um, and I I do, um, so I run campaigns when I think um, there's, there's this offer that would help these kind of companies, and I run email campaigns. So one of the things that I would um, share here is like, if you're going to do email campaigns, like, plan it very, very meticulously. Like, you know, your planning needs to be on point, like understand your sequence. What's your email flow, the content? Like, you know, you got to sit down and invest time into it instead of pushing out 1,000 email a day and expecting things to happen because it doesn't happen like that anymore. Um, yeah, so that's that's my lead generation right now. Amazing. Um, and... Yeah, like I like what you're doing. It's it's incredible. And, and as a woman, because there's not a lot of you in that space. I mean, it's mostly male do- dominated, like you mentioned. So it's really incredible to see that. And um, I'm really excited to see where your podcast goes, because, you know, you're going to be covering things that need to be talked about. And um, I think it's incredible that you're doing that. Now, do you have any focus or desire for 2023 that you want to talk about quickly? Um, whether that's with the podcast or within the business, and you might have already touched on and mentioned on part of your focus, but if you want to dive into anything before the end of the episode, I would love to hear what your your next um next thing is. I am um, I'm intending to do um, cohorts for early stage or seed level founders, um, because I think they personally shouldn't invest a lot in marketing or they shouldn't invest a lot in human resources before they understand a good product market fit because I see a lot of people burning cash, investing into things that they should, that they don't really need. So I wanted to, I'm planning on cohorts for April and um, September for next year. Um, And that's just focusing on early stage founders and and it's, it's a six weeks cohort one and a half hours per week. Um, that's on a virtual. It's it's going to be on Zoom. Um, and my, if you ask my personal goal for next year, like I need to attain my financial goal. That's that's my personal goal. Um, and my other thing is um, through my podcast, like I I really want to push out knowledge based information. To founders around the globe like I really want to focus it because like doing like I've started doing my recordings and I you know 
the answers that comes out from founders about subjective topics, um, in my opinion, it's 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 you know they're all gems because it's coming from someone who's been there, done that, been there um, and done and, that. Yeah. Experience. So I think I want to do. Yeah, I want to. I really want to excel with that. I really wanted to push that. Um, so those, you know, those three are my things that I want to do for next year. Those are the three main ones. Yeah, I I love the idea of getting focused on that, uh, especially on that podcast with the founders who've actually experienced, you know, this this matter and and focusing on getting founders from all over through the podcast to come on and speak up about it. I love it. Jaya, I know that that this is the end of the the episode and they are so short, but I am so happy we were able to make this work today. It was such a pleasure to have you on. Um, If anyone's looking to connect with you and, um, you know, talk about any of your services, what would be the best way to go ahead and reach out? Oh, they could reach out to us through our website. Um, So it's SAS as an S-A-A-S, Brightly r-i-g-h-d-l-y dot com uh, you know they could reach out us or you could uh, drop us a line at hi at sasrightly.com amazing well thank you so much Jaya for coming on today it was a pleasure and you shared a lot of valuable insight that we haven't talked about which is um, perfect for what I'm looking for on my show thank you so much for having me Brittany. you betcha Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or uh, 7-8 and want to come on, just like J.S. Simmons did today, to talk about your your journey, talk about your business and uh, podcast, then please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Catch you on the next one. Bye, guys. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.